0: Hi, you guys, and welcome back to and Smack. I am super excited for you guys to dive into this episode. We have our guest, Autumn, and we talk a lot about mental health, the timeline that we set up for ourselves, how, you know, your mental health journey, business journey, everything is not linear. There's going to be ups and downs. This is a really good episode and I can't wait for you guys to get into it. Don't forget to take a screenshot and tag us both on Instagram from wherever you listen. And don't forget to shop on itsmackenzieg.com for all online courses. You can use pod 20 for 20% off online courses, in-person training and coaching, and we'll get right into the episode. Back in town on a writer. baby, don't make me wait. Body like, uh, uh, a and I just want it taste this. be alone. I put it down when I come around. I am so excited for our guest today. Her name is Autumn, and she does a wide range of things from kink and a lingerie business to having her own podcast specifically talking about mental health. She's in school right now to become a counselor. And I am just so excited to sit here and pick your brain and talk about all these things. I guess we should start where what got you into the kink and lingerie business to start
1: with? Um, That's a really good question Um, because obviously the things that I'm most passionate about are so very different. So I feel like that's always a conversation starter with people. Um, For me, the kink and lingerie aspect, the lingerie in the store came a little bit later on. My point and purpose in starting kink and link or kink and link collection was not immediately to make income or for it to be like a million dollar enterprise it was more about creating this safe sex positive space um, that people could go to learn because i realized how for lack of a better word in our culture sex education is so fucked up and understanding like our culture and consent and asking questions and having like um a space that that was okay in. and then from there the body positivity movement and like being very submerged in like the pro women and feminism world had kind of just was something I was naturally gravitated to. Open the lingerie store because I wanted there to be a size inclusive store. So I carry up to four, five, six X for that specific reason. Is I wanted it to be a store that was really about being size inclusive and body positive. Whereas sometimes I feel like that's just like. A term used, but I wanted to really embody that. So that's really a lot of like my driving force behind that.
0: I love that. And I think too, especially like me growing up in a small, like we went to a small Christian school and like sex was taboo. You didn't talk about it. And of course, Mm -hmm. as I got older, it was like, I got more curious and it just seemed like this shameful thing. And I think it's so cool, you know, different podcasts talking about it. I started listening to a podcast about sex and I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so guilty. But to be able to, you know, have someone like you in the area that's opening up the discussion and talking about like, no, this is something that is supposed to be pleasurable. This is something you're supposed to share that's fun. And you know, you can laugh and all this, all these other things, I think is really important, especially having, you know, size inclusive options. It's got to make, you know, it's all about making people feel comfortable and like they're allowed to do that because for some reason what's coming up for me is like it didn't ever feel like I was allowed to like shop for lingerie or do anything like that. So where are you located?
1: Uh, I'm located in Seattle. So, um, that's where we've started here. And we've done a lot of like, um, local photo shoots with local girls too. So I've tried to keep it very like grassroots and involve like either other small businesses or models and such. Um, but like you just said, there are a lot of like that kind of taboo mentality around sex, let alone kink, but also like, the equivalent to I was always kind of fascinated by kink only because I felt like there was I could immediately make the psychological connection. And then it was understanding like, hey, this is not super uncommon. But like, why is there not a space where consenting adults can talk about these things and have questions asked and not be made to feel shameful or know that they can be allowed to feel sexy and it doesn't have to be for somebody. It can be for yourself. So, Yeah.
0: Mm, I love that so much. And can you expand on like the psychological ties between kink? Like, are there any specific things that are like, oh, some people are interested in this and this is why?
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like over time, I've definitely, I'm understanding that more and the more that I'm in school. So those two kind of, those two things like kind of parallel play for me, but understanding that like in, we live in a world that's really dominated by white men in control. And I see a lot of white men in control wanting to submit in the kink community. And for me, that's like a mind blown, blown concept where I'm like, if people only understood these dynamics and for reasons that really make sense for people, we live in a culture where you are to be hyper-masculine. Um, you are to be homophobic, your, your your worth is equated with your money and conquering and women and what, what you do and what you have, right? And then it, we see this kind of counter shadow play in kink where these same personalities or men or populations are going there to do the, quite the opposite. So it, for me, it's like this, oh, this is where some, that little bit of like, Inhibition, or that ability, that peep, that person that we keep submerged, like the iceberg effect, for the most part, it often comes out in those, the, in sometimes our fetishes, in our, um, yeah, our kinks, quite literally. So that concept was the most fascinating, and then like getting to talk to people who were a little more comfortable about being open with it and being like. I've had men tell me that are like I've worked in the corporate sector of running a business for something odd years, and I have a family in a business, and my life is very I'm in control all of the time. This is where I go and what I engage in to not be in control. And it yeah, especially coming from like it being a completely like consensual understanding place. I'm like, well, this makes sense. Like this this makes sense actually.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so interesting, especially when you think of like the social dynamics of feminine versus masculine and mm. where like how you're showing up in your business or how you're showing up in your life in one way and being able to you know most of the time behind closed doors be able mm-hmm. to be like oh I get to explore I get to be curious I get to do be something different than I am showing forward every single day that is so fascinating to me but you're right it makes a lot of sense absolutely that, that would be of interest oh my gosh and so I'm sure too like I'm sure you've had conversations with people who come into your store or, you know, may feel a little timid and I want to tie this into mental health because I know that's something that you're a huge advocate of on your podcast and on your social media. Do you feel like mental health has a big tie to like sex and relationships and like having a kink and wanting to express that or not feeling comfortable expressing that with certain partners?
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like it has a big role in who we are with ourselves, let alone if we're in a relationship with somebody going back to that, like shame culture and all of these, this guilt, shame culture over things that are quite natural, but then like not making that distinction between things that should be shamed and things that are completely, completely normal. And I feel like it evolves into this, like, feeling shame about who you are in 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 everyday life. And if you cannot have conversations or acknowledge or feel comfortable having like acknowledging certain things, Oh, I like this. I have an interest in this because of X, Y, and Z, or I don't have to feel bad about wondering and wanting to do this with my, my consensual partner. Um, and I feel like that not being able to be comfortable with yourself and feeling shame about your certain parts of yourself absolutely plays out in your, like how you, your mental health and how you interact in other relationships or not even just relationships, but friendships and everything. Um, So that being able to be uninhibited in some aspects, I feel like absolutely plays a role in your overall happiness in life, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so hard. I feel like mental health has obviously been a hot topic for several years now. And Mm -hmm. so many people, or at least like my experience with anxiety and depression, I felt like I was never doing enough. And I felt like I was never going to reach that next goal. Or when I did reach that next goal, it was like, Oh, well, there's another mountain that I have to climb. And now this other thing that I want to accomplish, and it constantly kept me in the spiral of I'm not doing enough. And I feel like so many people feel that way.
1: It's easy to feel that way. And I feel like you mentioned in the recent years, and I feel like a huge piece of that is due to the pandemic, to be honest, because we saw people who weren't dealing with depression and anxiety and isolation and all of these issues um, before pandemic, or they weren't exacerbated and obvious before then. And now it, it doesn't just go away because we're our mass mandate is over all of that. Um, You can be put into a place of like um, you didn't have anxiety or depression before, but if you go through what you perceive to be a traumatic event or something that's long, like and a pandemic was a traumatic event for a lot of people. Now you have that you woke up like you're, you're kind of belated. Maybe you hadn't been dealing with some things and now you have kind of it feels like double the work. And then also to your comment about like feeling like, especially in mental health or like our wellness and our personal journeys, it feels like, okay, I get here and I have five more things to do or five, I see five more steps I have to go to get to the next goal or I make five steps forward. And it feels like I make eight steps backwards sometimes. And I feel like a giant misconception about mental health and I hate using the overusing the word self-care because that gets used for everything, but that's really what it is, is that it is a linear um A to B journey when it's not. It's quite literally the most like up and down thing, you will ever, you'll go through a lot of highs and you'll go through a lot of like self-discovery, positive moments where you're feeling like, aha, I'm so so on top of this, or I get this now. And I'm feeling in control of the things I maybe wasn't aware of in my life or of myself before. Um, But because we have that like linear, I'm getting to a destination. It's not a destination. It's a continual, continual path that like gets modified and upgraded and changes based on who we are when we get to that next step. So I think the more that we can look at things like, okay, this isn't to get to an end goal. It's to achieve this next step that, or like as a piece of the recipe, I feel like that makes it better for me as like, cause I very much looked at it and still do sometimes is that like, okay, I just need to get to this point and then I'll be happy and everything will be great. And it's like it, well I can get to that next step and have things that add to my happiness, but that isn't how the journey works. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally agree. And I think, you know, for me, I had to learn to be happy in the moment instead of looking like, oh, once this happens, I'll be happy. Once this Mm -hmm. happens, I'll be happier. And looking at it from a standpoint of like, what am I doing not being happy right now? Like, I get to still be grateful for what I have right now. I still get to be excited. And that was something, you know, I've learned over the last year through the help of my boyfriend you know, celebrating things.
1: And Mm. I
0: never used to celebrate unless it was like this big monumental thing or, you know, helping me understand like, Hey, you started your podcast. Let's go celebrate. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? I haven't even published an episode yet. Or like the first episode has come out and he's like, no, let's go celebrate that. Like, that's huge. And I was like, what? Like it doesn't have to be the big, huge thing. And I think it has to, it has to be mindset shifts. And so many of us, because of the way the world is now with instant gratification, I can order something from Amazon right now and have it on my doorstep by the time I get home in two hours. Mm -hmm, Yeah, exactly. Like mindset is not instant gratification. It's like, you have to put the work in every single day to be changing those things, change the way you talk to yourself, change the way you think about yourself, change the way you think about situations. And like you said, it's not a linear A to B, it's up and down and all over. Mm -hmm. Owning a business is the same exact way. It's never going to be perfect. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think you have to have that mindset of, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, it may not always go my way and it's not always going to go your way. And knowing like, you know what, I can roll with the punches. I can figure this out and I can look at it from a different standpoint. I can look at it a different way. I can call a friend and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, do you have any advice for me? Or maybe you're calling a friend saying, I just want you to listen. I just want to vent for a minute. And I think community is so important when it comes to Stuff like that, which is why things like your podcast, talking specifically about mental health is so important to have because I think another thing I come back to is you have no idea how big of an impact you have on someone and you might not even know them. And it could be five words that you said on Instagram or something that you shared on your story that made an impact on them. Absolutely. I think it's so important to remember to be gentle with yourself. As you're growing, and give yourself grace, and know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because I think for me, when I was struggling with my anxiety, I was having panic attacks four or five times a week. I was like, "This is my life now." (laughs) I was like, "This is how it's this is my reality,
1: isn't it?" Yeah, it Mm -hmm. feels like that.
0: And I, you know, through school, is there anything that you've learned that has helped people see that light of the end at the end of the tunnel, or anything that Advice that you have for someone who feels like, wow, I'm really going through it right now and I don't know how to pull myself out of this?
1: That is a very normal place to be. It's not a comfortable or a place you want to be, but it is a very normal space to be. I think the biggest thing that, like, not only like I've learned in my business and meeting like a t- really cool amount of people and different people from different backgrounds, but in, like, you said, my going to school specifically, seeing people that are doing and are where I want to be and doing what I want to do. And they're doing it successfully. And they're doing the things that some people say are not quite realistic or whatever. And that's, that's an easy reminder for me, especially when I have like, I'm on like my third quarter at my graduate school. And I'm like, I've taken multiple classes with black professors and women of color that have their PhDs in private practice. And I'm like, that's a reminder that that, that's achievable. It wasn't easy yet. And I don't know what all they went through. Like you said, they're gonna run into their hiccups and their speed bumps too. It doesn't mean that their journey was easy to get there just because it it looks like idyllic now. Um, But learning that like there's people who took unanticipated times off of work, had kids, changed their mind, um, molded and shifted, had business problems or financial problems. And they still were able and pursued to get to where they are. And that's definitely a very refreshing reminder because sometimes, especially our adult goals and things that we work towards feel a lot more like we're emotionally invested, right? Because we are and financially invested and taking big risks and we are passionate about what we do. But um, like you said, there's going to be speed bumps that, but that doesn't mean give up either.
0: And mm-hmm. Especially like I want to, call back to something you said talking about changing your mind like Mm. I look at that too and think how many times I've wanted to change my mind about something or change course and I was like no this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I had this timeline and my timeline was what I wanted to be doing by what age and all this stuff and like I wouldn't have put myself through so much heartache (laughs) with many different things if I had understood like you know what this is my intuition trying to tell me something and this is like a cue that I need to listen to and follow. And the only time I actually listened to it, um, you know, more obviously more recently, I'm listening to myself because at the end of the day, you know, what's best for you just because society tells you, you need to do X by 26 or Y -hmm. by 28 or whatever that looks like. does not mean you have to listen. And the only time I listened was, I was in college for 30 days and I called my mom. I said, Hey, I unenrolled myself and I'm coming home today. I was like, I'm not meant to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. Like, this is not where I need to be. And if I had listened to that outside influence of no, you need to go to college, you need to do this didn't mean that I wasn't going to ever finish college. I mean, I didn't go back, but it was something where I knew that that environment was not where I was supposed to be.
1: It wasn't where you, what was going to work for where you were going and what you wanted. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And I think so many people can get caught up in that cycle of thinking like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, quote unquote, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. My life is set up for me. And I think that's something that I've always struggled with is, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you graduate college, you get a good job, you find someone, you marry them, you have kids, you do whatever. And then at 65, you retire.
1: Right. With everything figured out perfectly
0: hmm. Yeah, no hiccups, no bumps in the road. Okay. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be. And I think that's also, yeah. you know, not to be frowned upon either. If that's your, if that's your goal, and like you do that, and you love your life, and you're happy, like, I think that's, am- I think that's amazing. And for no. me, it just, I didn't fit into that mold. And I think it's also okay for kids who are 18, 19, to say, you know what, I'm not going to co- go to college right away. It's not to say that I'm not going to go. But looking at it from that standpoint of, like I would have been miserable for four years in a place that I, I didn't want to be.
1: Create my own mold instead of fitting someone else's.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. And I probably would have had anxiety a lot younger had I stayed
1: there. Yeah. And mate forced yourself to fulfill this role and do these do these things that looked great on paper and are a success, but they want the success that you were going for and had envisioned. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the whole point. You know, you said something a minute, a few minutes ago, that reminded me of like that you don't have to stick to that plan or sticking to the plan. If you made a plan when you were 20 and 21, the, like my, listen, my plans from 20 and 21 are not my plans at 30 right now. So it's to that, like, okay, it's okay to evolve and change because my goals now and my visions and what I know now and my, what I want to do with my life or what I find valuable is going to be different than it was five years ago, or it should be. So it's okay to reevaluate those goals too.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think, you know, when you're reevaluating, even if, uh, cause I could look at my experience in college or I could look at, you know, failed relationships, whatever. And I could be like, oh my gosh, this is such a failure. I, you know, this is so bad. I can't believe I did this. Or like, I feel so ashamed. And instead you You know, flipping that mindset, flipping that script of looking at it in terms of, no, I learned from that. I learned that that wasn't for me. I learned that that wasn't the environment that I was going to flourish in. And I think, you know, taking that time to reflect on that and looking at it as a learning experience rather than being like, oh my gosh, I fucked up. Like,
1: yeah, can be so helpful. Because what people don't share, like you said, that whole like, okay, you're going to go through high school and it's going to go seamlessly. You're going to know what you want to do with your life and have this sense of purpose. By the time you leave high school and go to college, you're going to meet somebody. And that first relationship or one of your first relationships is just going to go so seamlessly like the rest of your life. And it's like, that's not really how things work. And that's okay. But like, I don't feel like all the time, a large part of like, what I like love about your podcast and what I'm enjoying about creating my own is like, making it a place where this is not where we want to look or try to be picture perfect. This just needs to be real. That way other people can know, oh, I'm not alone in this. Oh, I'm not the only person that's going through this. Oh, this is normal. Because so many people, including myself, have just spent so much time thinking they're alone in a problem because so much of us want to create and we live in a culture of presenting our highlights, just like on Instagram, you know, instead of the lowlights, the difficulties. And like you said, the fuck ups, the like the frustrations, the moments where you're sobbing, like share, like letting it be transparent. That way people don't feel like, Oh, this is just me. It's not, it's not.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so hard, like, especially since you're bringing up Instagram, exactly. Like you said, Instagram is a highlight reel. I feel like TikTok is a little bit more real. <laughs> like TikTok can show you, you know, the the struggles that people are going through and of course make you feel less alone, but I feel like Instagram majority of the users on there are only sharing the best parts of their lives. They're not mm-hmm. sharing the things that are hard and I think that's contributed to a decline in most people's mental health because it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people on Instagram. Would you mm-hmm. say the same?
1: Absolutely. Like and what do they say? Comparison is like the theme it, of joy. It, there you go. So it is a hundred percent because like again, you're comparing yourself to someone's photoshopped airbrushed highlights and comparing that with your very real place where you are in life and going well i should look react be or my my trauma should be really organized like that why don't i why don't i have why am i not doing what they're doing and it's like because it's advertisement it's and not even everybody consciously does it with this like i want to deceive and be unauthentic i feel like sometimes it's just part of our culture some people just take it a little further. Um, Mm -hmm. but it is a hundred percent, this like comparisons role. That's all it is. It's a comparisons role for most people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so easy to, and you know, you could just be scrolling and not even thinking you're comparing yourself to someone, but then all of a sudden you see this girl in a, you know, bikini with a banging body and you're like, wow, I don't look like that. Or you think yeah. I'll never look like
1: that. And... I have moments like that and I'm mm-hmm. very secure in who I am. And that's why I've unfollowed certain pages and I don't follow like um, plastic surgery pages or anybody who does because it pops up because it's like that eventually gets in in my brain where I'm like, oh, yeah, I should look like that. That's what um, that's what desirable looks like. And I'm what the I'm I need work. <laughs> it's like imagine just doing that to yourself for hours every single day without the self-esteem.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Even hearing you say, like, that's what desirable looks like, like, oh, my gosh. That just, like, unlocked so many thoughts (laughs) for me thinking about, like, well, and then I feel like that's where we end up self-sabotaging, where then I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm never going to look like that desirable girl, so I'm going to go eat whatever I want. I'm not going to take care of myself, then leads to further decline of mental health instead of looking at it from a standpoint of, like, you know what? I may not be where I want to be right now, but I still love my body. I still feel secure in myself. And that's something that I come back to, too, thinking about, like, any time I was like in high school and then my
1: short 30 days of college,
0: <laughs> when I was like going
1: 30 to days party. is enough Exactly to,
0: see, I was, to get I was the good. feel
1: for what's going on. So. I
0: definitely did enough partying in those 30 days to get my fix. <laughs> um But looking at it in, in that term of like I was going to like these high school or college parties and being like, Oh my gosh, she looks so much better than me. She's so much prettier. Her makeup's prettier. Like this, that, and the other. I felt the whole time feeling insecure instead of like, networking, not necessarily obviously networking at a college party, but like Yeah, like building a community and you know, asking people about themselves. I was like and so many people had told me they're like, you seem standoffish. And I'm like, what? Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm the nicest person in the world. Like, I'm I'm here sitting thinking, like, your skirt is so cute, and like, oh my gosh, this guy is so cute, whatever. And like, because I was so in my head, so insecure about what I looked like, I was blocking myself from even like connecting with anyone else, which is such a bummer, honestly, when you think about it. And, and so I look at that now, and I'm like, you know what, I. Don't deserve to sit here and feel so insecure that I can't even connect with anyone else because chances are someone else is feeling insecure. And so now I look Mm -hmm. at it like, you know what? I'm going to wear what I want to wear, even if I'm not the size zero that I used to be. (laughs) I'm going to eat what I want to eat in
1: front of whoever.
0: Exactly. It's like there's no use in feeling insecure because you may not be where you want to be. Yes, I get that. I've felt that (laughs) as well, but it's like, you're blocking yourself from creating those connections. And, you know, even just connecting with people on a human level of we all have insecurities. We all have things we don't love about ourselves. But being able to look at it from a different lens of, you know what, am I going to be 70 years old looking back being like, wow, I looked good then. <laughs> like and I wasn't I enjoying amazing. myself. Exactly. And it's like, I think it come, ties back into what we were talking about before. It's like, I get to be happy now even though i know i'm going to feel more secure or more confident later like that's going to come but the i've i'm such a huge advocate for like you know the confidence is, isn't doesn't come first you have to do the thing and put yourself yeah. out there and the confidence will come later mhm but yeah so i mean i feel like it's just the mental health world is it's it needs to be talked about and it needs to be more of an open floor thing Looking at it like you get to be excited for yourself now. You get to celebrate now. You get to do all the little things and eat what you want.
1: Absolutely. Um, and just knowing that you're not like alone in the struggles or that like confusion or confliction and of not knowing what to do that other people have been there and felt the same way you did. But like, like you said, like sometimes you make that choice, whether it comes gradually or you just decide to like jump in the pool, so to speak, and be like, I'm not going to let this like detract or take away from my memories because I'm like missing out on things and enjoying things less because I'm not allowing myself to be myself. And mm-hmm. I don't know, for me, I felt like um, one of like the biggest wake up calls I had in terms of that was like a, a girl I thought was absolutely like that, in co- like your experience in college, so beautiful. I love what she uh, how she dressed, what she wore, what she did. She seemed to be like doing all the things I wanted to be doing in high school and high school's the bottom of the barrel, right? But in, at, when you're in it, that's that's your world. Later, this being somebody I went to college with and reconnected with, her telling me in that moment, and I w- at that time, I was so insecure about how different I was because I didn't like the same things other people liked and I didn't have the same opinions. And I f- wanted to, I was on the brink of kept being like, I- holding myself back from being fully me. But when I was, at the people who were meant for it loved it and were still my friends. And they realized that like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not going to be the person that falls into that, that like mold of whatever, but having that same person years later, tell me, you know, you were somebody I was really jealous of in high school. And I wouldn't have ever thought of that. I was thinking the most secure, she seemed like she loved herself. She was so confident. Her life just seemed like that, like idyllic, whatever high school, that's the person that has all figured out. Having her tell me later on that, oh, you know, I was so jealous of you and not having it, having it be like a mind blown. Wow. The person that I was envying and felt not even in com- like competition with but like felt like oh my gosh that's where I want to be was just as insecure as I was it just didn't show and that like yeah sometimes that that's a cover sometimes it's it's part of the packaging and people try their best to present something else but you know Um, Yeah, so that was definitely a turning point for me. Having it be somebody that I thought had was had everything so together and was so like visually and aesthetically appealing. Being like, you know, I really was jealous of you, and I loved your style in high school. And I was like, I was self-conscious every fucking day of high school. I hated it there. Like, and that was. Yeah, so that was definitely a wake-up call of like who I am is just just fine and I'm not I don't plan on changing it. I can I can improve and do some self upgrades, but I don't have to ever just be in spaces or be in a place where I feel like I have to be less myself because I really don't enjoy that at all. So, for anybody else out there who ever feels like they have to like tone back themselves, um no, you're just in the wrong space. Oh
0: my gosh, I love that. And I I would totally agree because I think the more you are yourself, the easier it is to attract the right people to your circle. The easier it is to repel the wrong people from you who you wouldn't have gotten along with anyways. And I tell so many other... Lash artists, this because the lash artist when they first start, I'm sure like in any business, it's like anyone to come in my door like please, and then you end up attracting these people that you don't align with. When I when I first started, I was like, I need to be super professional. I need to have my blazer on. I need to wear makeup every day. I need to do X, Y, Z to attract the right people. And I ended up attracting people who, yes, 50% of them were amazing. 50% of them Mm -hmm. looked at me like you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I was like, intrigue you like crap. Yes, exactly. And it was like attracting all the wrong people. The more I showed up as myself, the more I, you know, talked about the things that I was passionate about or wanted to talk about the connections I made with my clients. I was like, every single client of mine that comes in is my favorite person in the world. I was like, these people are amazing. And it was only, it wasn't until I showed up as myself. And I think it's so important to take a step back and look at it from a standpoint of, you get to attract the right people to you, but you are not going to be able to get there unless you are authentically yourself and you can show up in ways you were afraid of before. Like I said, the confidence isn't going to come first. You got to show up that way mm-hmm. and you're going to get more confident in it later. And it's mm-hmm. just having the patience with yourself to do that Hundred percent.
1: there. I feel like it's like the gym. It's one of those things that you can't like go when you're motivated or I work out when I'm motivated because I don't know about, I, I, I admire the people who have motivation every day. I think it's a little bit of a scam and you're lying, but you're not going to be motivated every day. So it's that I'm dedicated to this every day, um, whether it's easy or it looks good or it feels uncomfortable. And it's the thing I don't want to do that day. Um, like you said that, like you show up every day, you, you're building the confidence without you even knowing
0: hmm. Exactly. I want to pivot a little bit. What made you decide to want to go to school to become a counselor?
1: Oh, good question. Um, Well, I've been a psych major since like my, my undergraduates degree. So my, my associates and my bachelor's are both in um, community psychology as well. But I knew I wanted to work in mental health since I was probably like 20 years old. I, at first I thought maybe I wanted to work um, in a private sector, working at a hospital or whatever. And then just realizing that there is like, kind of what you just explained is this like, I don't have to fit the mold to what a therapist was supposed to look like um, or do or believe in or, or be mainstream or conventional. I can very much be myself and provide a space for other people like that as well. And just realizing I come from a family who's dealt with like a lot of mental illness myself as well, undiagnosed um, for the most part. So just seeing the effects that it has on people and how, I feel like our our culture and our world is more responsible for our our mental health than individuals are usually. And that's kind of what community psychology focuses on is like the built-in layers. Like individuals are in charge of their what their choices are but you have to look at what choices which each person was given right um and mental health is 100 i feel like a especially living in seattle i'm sure you know we have a huge houseless population which is really a tell i think on our mental health crisis and it's just something i see a huge huge need in and i don't want to work in it for anybody else so i wanted to go back and get the degree i could so i could work in private practice and work for myself per usual um But I had a hard time with that. Like I took a break between my bachelor's and going back for this graduate degree when I had been so submerged in like, lingerie and photo shoots and models and kink in the kink community and workshops that I was thinking I'm like well this is kind of my identity now do I even have the other part of my identity that lets me be a leader in mental health or a mental health advocate or are people going to want to listen to somebody who is involved in the kink community or like you have a lingerie store but you're also a therapist make it make sense And I'm like I do everything okay <laughs> I do everything and I love it. So I had that like confliction of like, well, this is kind of like more of who my identity has become because I took this large break from school to build my business, which I'm really grateful I was able to do. But there was like this second thought of like, maybe this, this, it doesn't fit my like my aesthetic or my narrative or whatever. And I eventually just got over that because it's something I that I'm still very passionate about and I'm just going to do everything and find a way to it where it interconnects it connects and I want to do that eventually I plan on like exploring sex psychology and sex therapy a little bit, but um, yeah, going back to school took time but I always knew I wanted to be a therapist. So it was like, it was just a matter of when, and then having like my own mental hangups of like, okay, well maybe this is my path. And it's like, you don't have to have just one path or just one passion or do just one thing. Like you can do one thing or as many things as you want. Like that's, it's all up to you. So
0: when I think about how cool it is that you've opened a door for so many people to come be your patient because they didn't feel like they fit in with the conventional therapy situation. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, open up a space where they're like, oh, she already talks about all these things or she you know, has an identity in different things. And that was something I very much tied my identity to my business. And I was like, this is who I am. Like, I am Maclash. <laughs> it's like,
1: no, this is my there's... brand.
0: Yes. This is me. <laughs> I am only lashes. Like, no, I, there are so many other pieces to me that make me who I am. And it, it was like an entire year, all of like 2022 of me really taking a step back from the business and reflecting on, what I needed, what I wanted, what I saw for my future, and I was like, "You know what? I was it was funny because I was looking for my work life balance to find my identity outside of work. There yeah. is no balance, and it was yeah. like either one hundred percent business or one hundred percent life, and Mackenzie instead of Maclash. and it was like, now I'm finding my way back into the, all right, like 60% life, 40% work, vice versa. And like, you know, like you said, it ebbs and flows and, mm-hmm. you know, all the different things and, you know, tying your identity to one thing is, I think also caused a lot of, yeah, it's limiting. And it also caused a lot of anxiety for me because I couldn't, you know, I, I'm not going to go golf with you guys. Like I have to work or I have to do this and like, you know, saying no to so many things because. I had to be this person that I created myself to be instead of sitting back reflecting and being like, wait a minute. No, I get to do all these things outside of work. I get to do an experience life and find out what I do like outside of work because I was working 24 seven. It was ridiculous. And it gets easy to do that as a business. owner.
1: Absolutely. Especially when you're like an all in person, um, which I'm going to assume you are and I am too. So when I start a project or I'm passionate about something, I'm like, oh, no, it's, seven days a week 365 no days off and i'm my boss so nobody's telling me to do it i Mm -hmm. opt to become a workaholic and i've only in like the recent like couple years because it was taking a negative toll on my mental health that i had to learn i'm like i can love my businesses and be fully freaking committed and be all the way in and still have a life and go celebrate like you said earlier celebrating milestones not just my destination too and just like this is why i work hard and it doesn't yeah cuz there's going to be seasons like that ebbs and flows there's going to be seasons where you do have to be hyper focused and you got things going on in your business or your world where you just have to do it and but you have to work at like creating that balance cuz it's 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 intentional
0: mhm absolutely and i would totally agree i'm an all or nothing person i'm like 100% in or 0% in and there's no in between yep. and that was and that also contributed to the decline of my mental health because i was not working out. I wasn't eating properly. I was going through, you know, I was eating fast food because I needed to get down to work to get, you know, working on my projects, neglecting the gym because I don't have time for that. I have to work on these other things that I'm doing. And I started to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm sleeping like shit. I'm gaining this weight. I am not- Don't feel good. I don't feel good. And I wasn't fueling my body and, you know, in in a way to give me energy, to give me clarity. I felt so- you know, brain fog all the time. I was getting headaches and it was like, you know what? This whole, obviously workaholic hustle culture fed Mm -hmm. into that. And I literally was like, oh, she's working harder than me. No, I'm going to work harder than her. Like I got to be the most hardworking person. and
1: you see somebody it post just... that's like, while you were sleeping, I did X, Y, and Z or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I hate those posts and I'll unfollow you so quick. Cause like, I need this eight hours to get up and go do the damn thing. So yeah. like, I'm not going to feel bad about resting or refilling my cup. Cause like you said, that hustle culture, I used to subscribe to that hardcore and oh, never same. realized how toxic it was i was like that's not a brag one day i just sat down and i heard myself say it I was like i'm bragging about not taking care of myself like that's not a flex but yeah and it is it's Mm -hmm. definitely a culture of itself like you said Mm -hmm.
0: and especially in the lash industry we used to brag and i think people still brag about this And they're like, oh, all I had today was iced coffee. I didn't eat anything because I had back-to-back clients and all this stuff. And I used to be like, yep, same girl. Like, ha, 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 so busy. And now I'm like. That's the goal. Now I'm exactly like you said. Like, dude, that's not a flex. Like, that's not, (laughs) it's not cool anymore. Like, take care of yourself. Eat something.
1: Well, like you said, you get into that flight that rhythm and like schedule too of like, I'm working, I'm eating fast food, or I'm eating what's available at 11 PM when I finally call it quit. Cause that's really what it is a lot of times for me, but you get into that habit and it's like, you justify it by when I'm done with this project, when I finish this, when this happens after this, after X date, after I accomplish or make this amount of money, that'll never come. Cause there's going to be foreseeable hiccups. Um, you're going to continue to prolong your your ability to make a schedule and like get to it. Cause you're going to just keep, keep doing that. It's a cycle. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's never ending. If you don't literally reflect, I've, I think I've said reflect probably 10 times already in this episode. No,
1: but you but... really do. It is. That's a lot of reflection. It's like, cause that's what you're doing is you have to sit there and like reflect on yourself the same way that you like reflect on everybody else. That's why that's mm-hmm. important.
0: And I think the other biggest thing, too, is you have to be honest with yourself. You can't be telling yourself these sweet little white lies. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, it'll, you know, I'll get to it eventually. Like, no, it's easy and to like do. you said, yeah, it is easy to do. And like you said, like, motivation is not going to be there for you every day. But the dedication and discipline to mm-hmm. follow through for yourself, and that follow through is going to continue to drive that motivation. The The motivation isn't always going to be there. But The more disciplined you are and dedicated you are, I think the more motivation follows because you're keeping those promises to yourself because it's very easy to turn over and click snooze or say, you know what? I didn't have time to make my morning smoothie or whatever. And you're breaking those little promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for us to do for ourselves. But when other people break promises to us. It's easier to put a little boundary up. It's easier to take Mm -hmm. a step back and be like, oh, you know what? This person isn't respecting me or this person isn't respecting my time or taking into account that, you know, they're doing something that's making me feel less than. Mm -hmm. But we do it to ourselves all day long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We give ourselves a lot of passes and just like, it's okay. You're tired. You had a long day, which may be true, but it's like more of a reason to take care of yourself. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. That's a good way of putting
1: it. Hmm.
0: i think i heard it or read it in a book or something somewhere but i remember thinking like oh my gosh i'm breaking promises to myself every day and i would never thought about it like that it flipped for me to be able to look at it that way like i wouldn't break a promise to somebody else like why am i doing it to myself several times throughout the day mm-hmm. so it was really eye-opening to me
1: yeah those are the, the perils or the joys of learning things on your own. And as an adult that they don't tell you to be prepared for, you're going to learn a lot of lessons the hard way and on your own, just be open and prepared for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, exactly. Well, I have had so much fun talking to you today. Do you have any little bits of wisdom to leave with the audience? And then I would love for you to plug your podcast, plug your store where we can find you on social media.
1: Um, I would say the thing I want to leave people with is just for as much as you want to develop like boundaries and um, discipline within yourself, also give yourself grace and allow yourself to have bad days and bad weeks and make mistakes and fuck up and not let it be a reason to keep punishing yourself um, because that's really easy to do and it's it does way more damage to ourselves than we i think we realize but um also make sure you go check out the store um, at kink and link collection on instagram we have some new product and sleepwear coming in for the fall so i'm really excited about that um and then as always uh, all things unhinged on instagram there's new episodes out every wednesday so um yeah go check it out listen let me know what you think
0: and we will have all of those tagged in the show notes as well thank you so much for coming on and don't forget to take a screenshot and share wherever you listen and tag us both so we can connect with you on instagram